0: Okay, it's good to see you here tonight. Uh, You know, as we was talking earlier, our world's getting in a terrible shape, and I think more and more people are beginning to start asking questions. I know that I've had several people I run into ask questions about. They said, do you really believe that there's going to be a rapture? I said, yes, I do. And we will talk about that. You know, and it may seem funny to us, or we may kind of snicker at it, but what would you say to somebody if they ask you a question? A very, It's a simple question, but they're asking a question because it's something that they don't understand. Now, to most people in church, they have no problem with this but what would you tell somebody what would you say to them if they said how can i be saved what do i need to do to be saved you've got people out there that are really asking these questions now because they don't know they have not been churched most of them some of them never even been inside a church but they're beginning to get curious now just because of the way things are going on in this world and the things that they are hearing and now they're beginning to ask some questions so what I want to do tonight is just I've entitled my message here tonight how can I be saved and to church people it's really pretty simple but what would you tell somebody if they asked you? If they walked up to you and asked you this question, could you, could you talk to them? Could you tell them what they need to do to be saved? How to accept Jesus Christ? Or would you just say, hey, uh, well, I really don't know how to explain this to you. Uh, maybe you need to ask somebody else but they've asked you this for a special reason they know you're a Christian how does that make a Christian look when they can't tell somebody what they need to do or how to be saved because this is a very important thing God thought a lot about this when he made some decisions on how a person could be saved it cost God a lot It cost him his son. But that's how much he loves this world, is that he was willing to give his son for a corrupt, sin-filled world. Even though it was like that, he loved us. And the Bible tells us he loved us. Even before Jesus Christ came. So, if somebody did ask you, what do I have to do to receive Jesus into my life? How do I become a Christian? Well, I'm just going to go to the book of Romans and I'm going to look at four scriptures. That's all I'm going to look at is four scriptures. And it pretty well explains what we need to do and how to be saved. You know, First of all, it was because of our sin that we were separated from God. That's what separates us from God, is our sin. As a matter of fact, in Romans 3.23, that's what it tells us. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you know, there's very few people that will disagree with this. Very few people. Because they are aware of their failure to walk with God like they know they should. I think even us Christians make mistakes. Let me ask you a question. When you make a mistake, what do you do? Do you do what the Bible tells you to do? 1 John 1.9 When we make a mistake, we're to come before Jesus Christ, we're to repent of that mistake. It says... And he will forgive us of our sins and he will restore us back to the righteousness of God. That's just kind of a paraphrase. But even a Christian said, well I've been forgiven of my sin. But yet we keep sinning. And we need to get rid of sin in our life when we do sin. And not let that sin build up. And uh I think each one of us, even as Christians, we have regrets in our life and most of us deal with guilt at times. What about the people out in the world that have never received Christ? But yet there's things in their life they know, hey, there's things I need to do. There's changes I need to make in my life. I know that one day I'm going to die. When I do where will I be? Is there a hell? Is there a heaven? Can you answer that for them? They want to know these things. But we, you know, there's just times that we know that sometimes we, even as Christians, like I said a while ago, we make mistakes. We mess up. And when we do mess up, we need to go and ask God, God, I messed up. Forgive me. And you say, well, I'm, but I'm, I'm saved. I've been saved. That's true. Look at David. When David made a mistake, what did David do? David repented. He went before God. Matter of fact, David said, I repented and I held nothing back. I didn't try to hide anything from God. I told God everything that I had done. And he forgave me. We still need, at times, to repent. When we make mistakes, we just simply need to come to God. God, I made a mistake. That's what David did. And God honored it when David came to him and confessed his his shortcomings. We all need at times to make changes in our life because we were, at one time we were all sinners. And we still make mistakes. We still sin at times. And we need to find a way and know how to deal with those sins when we make them. And the only way that we can deal with our sins, just like the world, to deal with your sin problem, there's only one way and that's through Jesus Christ. What did Jesus say in John 14, 6? We've heard this and we've heard this. Jesus said, For I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes to God except through me. There is no other way to come to God except through his son, Jesus Christ. That's the only way that we can get to God. You cannot bypass Jesus and get to God. We have to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Savior. Believe in him. Believe that he came. He died on that cross. He arose that third day. Now he's in heaven with God the Father sitting at his right hand interceding for us. When we pray those prayers go to Jesus. Jesus presents those prayers to the Father. Jesus in heaven right now interceding for us because of his love for us. And uh... The Bible tells us that the penalty for our sin is death. If we do not repent of our sins, and that's just like every single person in this world, if they do not repent of their sins, what are they looking at? They're looking at eternity in hell. They're looking at spiritual death for all eternity. And here in in as a matter of fact, here in Romans 6:23. A person asks you, well, what happens if I don't repent? Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. But God don't want you to die. God don't want you to perish. God wants you to be with him. So, if we'll go on with this, we look at it and say, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ. You don't have to perish. You don't have to die. You can have eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's God's eternal gift to you for receiving His Son and walking with Him, for believing in Him. It says, for Jesus did not come into this world to condemn the world, but He came that the world might be saved through Him. He didn't come to condemn us. He came to save us. So when we come to Him and repent, He hears us. He accepts That repentance, if we repent it with our heart. If we truly believe, if we are truly repenting for the sins in our life, and we truly want to get rid of them, He'll never turn you away. He'll always hear those, and He'll always accept that repentance, and He will save you. You know, God's presence cannot abide in sin. God cannot abide in us if we are living in sin. He cannot look upon sin. He has to turn His face away from sin. And there's many people out in this world, they don't realize this, that our God is such a holy God that He can't look upon sin. It's just like when his son Jesus was on that cross and he was dying and the sins of the world were poured out upon him. Jesus said something on that cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God had to turn his face. He could not look upon his only begotten son because of our sin. That was poured out upon Christ. Christ chose to take our sin upon himself and pay the price, pay the penalty of death so that we wouldn't have to. That was love. That was was God's love for us that his son chose to die in our place. And when we received Jesus then those sins are removed from us. Jesus took those sins off of us. He accepted every one of them for himself so that we would not have to. You know, it said in here that that, the wages of sin is death. The word death is used in the Bible and it is referring to or meaning a separation. It means a separation. Listen to what it is. Physical death happens when the spirit is separated from the body. Spiritual death occurs. Matter of fact, James said in James 2.26, he said, the body without the spirit is dead. It's like a funeral. That body that's laying in that casket is dead. But if they have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that spirit from that body is is present with Jesus Christ in heaven. That body, this body is nothing but a tent. It's what the Bible calls it, a tent that we are living in while we are here on earth. The spirit is our real man. That's the real person. That's who we are. That is who we are. And, uh, Excuse me. But here in 2 Corinthians 5.8, this is Paul speaking. And this is what Paul says. He says, We are confident, I say, willing, and rather be absent from the body and be present with God. I'd rather much rather be absent from this body and be present with God than living in this sinful body. The spirit goes. To be with God. You're more alive then than you've ever been. That spirit is in the presence of a living God that loves you, is watching over you. And He knows. You know, and I've said it before, but many people have asked, well, what about cremation? What happens? Where's the body? What does the Bible say? From dust to dust, we go, this body will go back to dust. This body is going to go back to dust. Matter of fact, in Ephesians, it tells us, it says, For the body shall return from the dust from which it came, but the Spirit will return to God who gave it. Our spirit returns to God who gave it. Yes, the body goes back to dust. But one of these days, whenever Jesus comes back, now look, God made this body out of dust once. Why do you think he will have a problem doing it again? Why do you think he will have a problem turning those ashes back into a body? He won't. All he does is speak the word. That's all he's got to do is speak the word. People are going to have to understand (coughs) what a powerful and loving God we serve. God wants the very best for us. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to be in good health. That's his desire for us. To prosper to be happy and to have good health and God can do this God can do this you know uh, actually spiritual death happens when the spirit and the body are eternally separated from God what does you mean eternally separated that is a person that has never accepted God. When that spirit dies, the spirit does not go to be with God. The body does not go to be with God. Yes, the spirit will be reconnected to that sinner's body at one time. But when it is, that body will stand before the judgment seat of God. The great white throne judgment. To be judged after all that time of being death, being eternally separated from God, that body will be judged simply to be cast into the lake of fire. Only the person that has accepted Jesus Christ and believes in their heart is going to have eternal life. All others will have eternal death. That's why it's so important that we can tell the person out there that has not accepted Jesus Christ about what is going to take place, what is going to happen, what's going to happen at death, and make them understand the only way that you're going to have eternal life is through Jesus Christ. Again, in John 14, 6, I am the way The truth and the life. I am the only way to God. I am the only way that you can have eternal life. I am the truth. What I speak and what I tell you is absolute truth. Jesus Christ, you know Jesus Christ is God? And he says, for God cannot lie. What Jesus Christ says is absolute truth. And I am the way to God. The truth. I speak you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. And I am the life. I am eternal life. Only if you believe and trust in me. People have to understand. Jesus is not some fictional character. And many people think, well, this is just a way to uh, try to get people to change their life. I, and you know, I've, t- I've talked to a guy one time, and I knew him. He, his life, I knew he was going to go to hell unless he changed. And I told him that. But he said, "I like the way I'm living. I like it. I enjoy it. I don't want to change. And I've heard them say, boy, when I go to hell, me and my friends, we're just going to party, party, party. If you only knew. If you only knew what hell was going to be like. If you only knew how terrible hell would be. Nobody would want to be there. You could, right now, if a person could come back from hell and tell you what it was like, I guarantee you, You would change your ways in a moment. All those people in hell, if they had that opportunity right now to repent, come back and kneel at an altar, they would do it in a second. They know. The Word of God has told us what it's going to be like. I am the way, the way to God. I am the truth, what I am speaking out of my mouth and telling you about hell. Hell was created by God for the devil and his angels that left him. And when we chose to walk with them, follow them, and and be one of them, then that included us. God didn't create hell for man. He loved us. But when we chose... Hail over God. God's going to honor that decision. He's going to honor that decision. If that's where you want to go, that's where you're going to go. He's not going to force you into heaven. And people in this world, they have to understand. God is a loving God. But He will not force you to do anything that you do not want to do. He gave you a free will. He gave you a free conscience. You make your own decision and do what you want to do. I hope you do the right thing. I hope you do the right thing. The Bible tells us that the penalty for our sin was paid for by Jesus Christ. He loved us that much. Father, I will take their penalty upon me. I will pay the price so that they won't have to. And look here at Romans 5.8. It says... But God demonstrated his own love toward us and while we were still sinners, he sent Christ to die. While we were still sinners, we were still walking in our sins, but God saw us and Christ came and died for us because of God's love for us and Christ's love for us. You know, Christ did something for us that proved his great love for us. And it was a death that he chose for himself instead of putting us through it. He said, I'll do it. I will die. I will suffer. I will do whatever it takes so that they don't have to. Can you imagine a God loving you that much? Can you imagine anybody loving you that much that they would go through what Christ went through so that you wouldn't have to? many of us we don't think about it we, we, we look back we see before he went to that cross the terrible scourging he went through all the lashes he took they said that his body they said that, that, that the lashes were so deep that you could even see some of his innards you could see the bones in, his, in, in him that the lashes were so deep that even the bones would show up they said they pulled out his beard. They spit on him. They did everything. They said he was almost to the point of being unrecognizable. Can you imagine that? You've seen the pictures. And I don't even know if the pictures do justice of what Christ really looked like after all he went through. I don't know, I'm sure probably most of you saw the movie. Of course, whenever he went to that cross. What he looked like after the scourging. After all that happened to him. He was just, he looked terrible. But he did it just exactly so that we wouldn't have to. Though we're sinners, Christ died for us. He chose his love over us that he would do whatever he had to do. And it tells us, and we need to let other people know it, that if we will repent of our sins and confess and trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we will be saved and we will be forgiven and we will have eternal life. And to hear Romans again, I'm going to read three scriptures. Every one of you have heard them. You know them probably. Romans 10, 9, and 10, and 13. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Confess it. Believe it in your heart, not here in your head, in your heart. It's just, it's just that I know that I know that I know. For it is with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made. Most people say, You mean I really need to stand up and confess that I've accepted Jesus Christ? You need to confess your love for Christ, you need to confess you have accepted Jesus Christ. Even in the Bible, it tells us that if we will not confess Him before men, He will not confess us before the Father who is in heaven. If we deny Him before men on earth, He will not. He will deny us before the Father who is in heaven. You have to confess Him and you have to believe in Him. Most people say, well, I'm kind of embarrassed. I don't want p- people to think you know uh, and laugh at me for accepting Jesus Christ. Hey, they can laugh at me all they want to. I don't care, but I know who my Lord and who my Savior is. I know where I'm going to be, and I know I'm going to be in heaven because of my confession of faith and believing in Jesus Christ, who he is, why he came. And that's what we have to tell the people out here. When you are asked the question, how can I be saved? Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He came. He died on that cross for your sins. He took your punishment. He took your death so you wouldn't have to. That's how much He loves you. But you have to receive Him as your Lord and Savior. You have to believe in Him because He is the only way to God the Father. There is no other way. You have to believe in Jesus Christ with all your heart. People have to understand God's love And how much he loves us. But he also has to be true to his own word. He has to be true to his word on what he told us would happen if we did not believe. And that's hell. So we have to make a choice for ourselves. And plus, when we are asked how Can i be saved. What must I do to have eternal life? Just be honest with them. Tell them. First of all you have to receive Jesus Christ and believe He is the Son of God. That He came, He died in your place. And then on that third day He arose. One day you will arise because you believe in Him. You will have your resurrection day too. We have to just be honest as to who God is. You know, the moment that you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the very moment you say, Lord, I have sinned. Lord, I want to repent of those sins. Lord, I want you, and I receive you right now as my Lord and as my Savior. You know what happens? You have an eternal life in heaven. You're saved. You're a brand new person. That's what he tells us over in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, any man who is in Christ is a new creation. All the old things in his life have passed away. Listen up. Now everything has become new. You're new. You have no sin. Those sins are forgiven. Those sins have been cast away as far as the east is from the west. God's never going to bring them up to you again. saved. You have an eternal home in heaven. Can you tell people that? Can you tell them how much God loves them? Can you tell them what they must do to have eternal life? If you can't, you need to open up your Bible and you need to start reading again. Because you don't know that day that somebody's going to walk up to you. They're going to they're know you're a Christian. They're going to say, hey, I, I know they go to church. I know they're a Christian. I will ask them. They can tell me. Can you? Can you? That's the thing. You know, I would hate to know that if somebody came to me and asked me, how can I know that I'll be in heaven? I'd hate to know that I couldn't tell them what they had to do what they had to believe who they had to believe in because of God's love if you will receive his son and believe in your heart you can have eternal life that's what somebody's waiting to hear somebody says why don't somebody tell me what I've got to do Why don't somebody explain it to me? We need to invite them to church. So, If you really want to know, come under the word and see what God says. That's one thing. You have to abide by the word of God. I hope everyone in here can tell someone how to get to heaven, what they need to do. But that's what I wanted to do tonight. Because it's going to come up. Somebody's going to ask you. And I hope you can tell them. I hope you can tell them. Let's go to prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you have told us how we can be in heaven, have eternal life, to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Savior, to know you as Father God. Lord, just thank you that you love us so much that your Son stepped out of heaven and became flesh. Oh, yes, he was still God. But he was also man. He was also flesh. He went through what we went through. He felt what we felt. He knows how we feel. He knows what we've been through. And he knows what we're going to go through. But Lord, he's there for us. He's there to wrap his arms around us, to guide us, to bring us through whatever the enemy brings against us. Lord, just help us to tell others about you and who you are. In your great love, Lord, thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for your blessings. Lord, I just pray that you will fill us all with your knowledge that we need on how to talk to others and tell them what they need to know in order to receive you and to have eternal life. Lord, thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.